The following program is your wake-up call. Listen to discretion advised. <laughs> Welcome to the Progressive Union. I am your host, Dorian D. Leonardo, broadcasting to you from New York City. We report the news the corporate media ignores. Joining me for this hour, as always, is my husband and co-host, Tony D. Leonardo. We're back. back. I finally gnawed through my straitjacket. Oh Just my in time God. For that ridiculous debate. That was. Where we retreated to the red rube and the blue boob. Terrible. Couldn't have said it better myself. That wasn't exactly rock'em, sock'em robots, I'll tell you that. Much. Yeah, well, that would have made it at least a little interesting. Um, grumpy old men fight from either side of the bar. Offering us nothing. So, very good to be back. We took a little station break. Um, we needed to just step back. Just f- coronavirus fatigue and... Um, I had to renegotiate my contract. <laughs> paid nothing, and guess what? I'm still so being paid nothing. So, anyway, but he gets to eat well. You are fed well. Your laundry gets done. Whatever. Anyway, so, yes, I think that Dana Bash, although we call her Dana Gash... She looks like a chipmunk. Well, that would be her porn name, Dana Gash. <laughs> <laughs> so she was finally let out of her Zoom room, whatever. They kept showing her like on Zoom. I can't stand Zoom anymore. I'm sick of the Zooming. I'm sick of online events. I, I don't, the, the distancing, all of this, I, I, nobody in the stadiums for events. It's just everything getting canceled. I'm just tired of it. I'm very tired of it. Can't deal with it anymore. So anyway, Dana Bash. Bash, right? See, now I don't know her yeah. real name. Now I don't know her real name because we make fun of her all the time. Anyway, she's such a little chipmunk. So anyway, so we, we, I watched the debate. I, I watched it all, folks. Like, I should get something special. <laughs> for getting through that, I watched it for you. Tony had to leave the room for a while. I had to talk Tony down. Tony was... I had friends texting me. Like, people were taking Valium. People were throwing up. Literally... Throwing up from migraines, had to stop watching after 20 minutes. Like, this was really, this could be used for torture. Like, you know, they could use this at Guantanamo, watching this debate. So, anyway, I watched the whole thing, and Dana Bash, she says, and she looks into the camera, and she said, I have to be honest, if this was, and she interrupts Jake Tapper, because he's, you know, very indignant, as he always is. She says, this was a shit show. And she said, this is cable, so I can say that, which was really funny. Like, she had to put the footnote, you know, like, remember, it's cable. But you know what? It's the most honest thing I've heard on cable and TV news for probably five years. That was the most truthful thing. It was a shit show, and we knew it was going to be. And if this didn't demonstrate to the American people that we can no longer have two choices for president when we have 31 flavors of ice cream from Baskin-Robbins. It was in your face. This is what you have to choose from. It's, it's ridiculous. Years ago, a bunch of boxing promoters, they wanted to pair up George Foreman against Larry Holmes. But they were all already so old and overweight and slow, they couldn't sell the fight. Why do we have to look at... I would have rather seen George Foreman fight Larry Holmes. Well, the thing is, it's not just that they're old. It's that... Listen, all right, I'm going to boil it down to this because I thought about it because I was in sales for a while. So when you're selling... Politicians are salesmen, okay, or saleswomen. So when you're selling something, you have to offer something to the person or people you're talking to, right? Why should you buy my product? Why should you have your event at my place? Why should you come to me for the services that you want? What am I offering you? Why am I different? Why am I better? I didn't hear any any of that. Like, I have no idea what they're selling. They're not earning my vote. I don't think they're earning your vote because if anybody was coming to the TV and sat down to find out what Joe Biden is offering you, like how your life is going to get better or be different, or Donald Trump in the next four years, if they are president, they didn't offer you anything and they haven't tried to earn your vote, not a once. Haven't heard a thing about how, I don't know, there must be about 40 different problems we have on the table right now. Well, you know what Donald Trump, we don't have with Donald Trump? What don't no we money. But also no mushroom cloud yet. 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 Thank God. He's a racist? No kidding. 
Right. I know. We already know that. We already know this. Yeah. These proud boys, by the way, they all look like middle managers. You ever see these guys? They yeah. Like middle They're managers. very preppy. They look like preppy middle managers at Walmart that probably do gay porn on the weekends. <laughs> oh, my God. Tony, oh, my God. So, but of course, well, that comment, you know, it's funny. You're you're leading to what, what I grabbed on from this debate, the phrase I grabbed onto. So... Of course, the media grabbed onto that comment that he meant stand back, stand tall, stand ready, whatever the hell he said. Soon as he said it, I said, oh, God, this is going to be on fire on Twitter. This is all they're going to talk about. People are going to be outraged. But these groups have always been around. Yes, and he already he said. He just let the genie out of the bottle. Well, he made it acceptable to be racist out in the open. He made it okay or even cool to be part of these organizations like they're not hiding anymore there's no dog whistles anymore they just say it it's it's accepted to say these things so but it's so overdone and overplayed it's ridiculous because they really don't want to talk about issues okay that's why biden is the candidate that's why harris is the vice president because they don't want to they're not offering you anything Joe Biden's not offering you anything. Please email us. Email me. Let me know. Doreen DeLeonardo at Gmail. Please tell me what Joe Biden offered you on that debate. I know you'll say Trump was yelling. He couldn't talk. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I didn't hear anything. He could have done a commercial. He could have done a lot of things. I've not heard anything. You know what Biden should have done? This is what I should have done. From knowing about what I know about Trump. I would have let him talk, and then I would have just stopped, and I would have just turned, and I would have just stared at him. They said Trump hates to be stared at. It really? It makes him very nervous. Puts him off. Yeah. Now, I know what he was He didn't doing. look at him at he all. I, trying, I noticed. He was trying to throw Biden off because he figures Biden's old. He's senile. He should be in bed. Right. So should Trump. Right. Well, but, but Trump had a lot of phrases, and he was ready. And the thing is, is that... Biden's not, uh, he's not a, a electable candidate, okay? And there's reasons why. So I did so much homework on Joe Biden. Um, I knew a lot of these things already, but, you know, unfortunately, or fortunately for Joe, Uncle Joe, he's been branded completely different from his history. So the phrase that I grabbed onto from this debate was not about the Proud Boys. That, that, that really was no surprise to me. And I just said, oh, okay, um, let's move on. The phrase that I caught on to was from Trump. And Trump did prepare for the debate. Don't, don't believe that he didn't. He prepared a lot. So Trump made a comment at Biden in one of the times where he was just yelling and saying all kinds of stuff. I've been in office or I've been in government for 47 months, which it almost is that many months. And you've been in office for you have been in government for 47 years. 47 years he goes and what do you have to show for it now the reason why he says that is because a lot of the problems that we have i'm not saying joe biden single-handedly caused them but he voted for things that have been bad for the american people or segments of the american people like he was on board for a lot of things that are not good for the people a lot of negative stuff and the part when he was like yelling at Trump about not paying taxes or whatever, Trump just looked at him and said, and I mean, I'm not a Trump supporter. Everybody that listens to this show knows I'm not a Trump supporter. I don't like Donald Trump. He is from Queens. We're very familiar with Donald Trump. We knew this was going to be a disaster and a nightmare all wrapped up in one. But the thing is, is that you have to listen to information and facts. You have to be honest when you hear words come out of someone's mouth and see if they're true. And he was saying, well, the reason why I have these tax benefits is because of you and all the other presidents before you, whether it be George W., Obama, Clinton, Reagan, you can go all the way down the list, you know, for the past 45 years or so. So that's why Donald Trump, he didn't put a gun to the head of the IRS. He's given these privileges because he's rich. He's like the donors. He was a donor. So he got the rewards. And who gave him those rewards? Obama and Biden, they made the Bush tax cuts permanent. So that helped Trump. And then Trump helped himself, and he did tax cuts too, similar to Obama and Biden. So 
This is why Biden, we've been telling you, was a terrible choice for opponent to Trump because his hands are dirty on so many issues that have happened over many years that he cannot go head to head with Trump on many issues. I will tell you, did you notice that we haven't heard a word about the people at the border in those cages, the separated families? You don't think that those families are still separated? You don't think people are still being separated from their children? You don't think people are dying of the coronavirus and have died there and being treated terribly? You know why Joe Biden doesn't bring that up? Because the cages were created by the Obama administration. A lot of those early photos and videos were from their term. So Biden has to stay away from certain things because he's his history's worse than Trump's. They both suck. But they both suck. I'm, I'm not just saying. Blue, I'm not voting red. I'm voting green. People. But well, I am too. But I'm saying that if you wanted to get rid of Donald Trump. Joe Biden was the worst candidate you could have picked for a number of reasons, okay? One is his history, right? Two, he's getting old. He disconnects. Like getting I, old? I saw him disconnect a few times during the debate, and I felt bad for him because I don't wish that on him. I don't wish that on anyone. But I saw him like it was like he wasn't there for a minute, and then he recovered, I mean, he did better than I thought he was going to do. I was actually dreading seeing him like bumbling like he did in the debates with the other Democrats. He was terrible. He was not a good debater. I don't know if they have him on something that's helping him or he's just like very focused when he's up there. But Trump's not an easy person to go head to head with because he's a mad dog. You know who I think they should put up there with him? Who? Remember Ruth Buzzy? Oh, my God. When she used to go into that routine with the purse. And just smash him over the head with the purse. with the purse. That would have been more fun. Uh, Ruth Buzzy for president. He would have been so mad because meanwhile, he looks like he's had his head beat up with a purse with that stupid flat-headed head. Oh, my God. The two of them. And please, I had a friend today said that she would vote for a stuffed animal, a doll, or one of our cats over either one of these people. So, but that's one of the problems. So, I did a lot of research. So, I found this. Founder of Data of Progress, this guy, this uh, Data for Progress looks like they did like a study on whether Joe Biden was electable. Now, when they're deciding who their candidates are going to be or who viable candidates are, they hire people to do studies and to speak to people and ask questions, right? And they ask them questions that are, you know, they give them negative information about the candidates to see their reactions. So um, this paperwork, so they broke down some of it. So... They talked about taxes and the economy. So they talked to the people about, here's one example about each candidate. And this is why Joe Biden is it's just terrible to be matched up with Trump. We had a lot of other candidates. Uh, and any, any one of them, I think, would have been better because Biden has just too many skeletons. He's been around too long. Even Amy Klobuchar? No, God, no. All right, let me take that back. Or Pete Buttigieg. Oh, my God, I can't stand him either. I have to get water. I'm parched. Yeah, well, I would have loved, listen, me and Tony were saying today, and I know some of you don't like Tulsi Gabbard, so you're just going to have to get over it for a minute. But Tulsi Gabbard obliterated Kamala Harris for good reason. Okay, all the things she said are actually true about her history in criminal justice in California, but she just knocked her out of the race. I mean, basically, she's the one that did that. So she was pulling at nothing, and she dropped out. Tulsi went the whole way. So... um, Tony and I were saying, imagine if like Tulsi was the nominee and like she was up against Trump. I don't think Trump could have been that way because first of all, she's an attractive woman. She's very tall. She wears that white suit, very disarming, right? She's always smiling. She's a veteran, okay? A very proud veteran. She isn't stupid and she's tough. She'll slice you right up and she's got a good memory and she's not afraid of the camera whatsoever. She's got a lot of poise and she destroyed Harris. And she's not afraid of Hillary either. So I think that would have been such great theater. Like, I would pay money to watch that. I really don't think Trump could have behaved like a lunatic either because it would have looked worse if he did it with a woman. And a woman that's sort of likable like her. And a lot of women, a lot of men like Tulsi. So it might have actually worked against him. But anyway, that's just... That's just a daydream from Dorian. Oh, Tulsi Gabbard would have drop kicked him. Yeah, she would have. She probably could have beat the crap out of him. They would have found him curled up in a corner, stuck <laughs> in his thumb. Those workouts that she does. And he's so fat. 
Trump is huge. He stands sideways. His stomach is like way out the podium. Did you see that? He's ginormous. I told you that. I know. He's a Chubzarama. What is he you, eating? All that food that he didn't give those college teams, all that junk food. You don't he think ate it. You don't think he's ordering that out for himself? He probably ate it all, all the leftovers. So let's go back to Boy, this. he must take some toxic dumps. So let's go back to this data. This data, what is it called? Data for progress. I did this study. Um, so in 2005, Joe Biden voted, folks, to roll back bankruptcy protections, a move that disproportionately harmed women and single parents. Studies later showed that same legislation prevented thousands of households from getting a clean slate bankruptcy during the Great Recession. Okay, so just a little background. So Joe Biden is from Delaware, and he was he represented Delaware his whole career. And there are tons of credit card companies there. And he is so ingratiated to them, so tied to them, that there was a bank that they used to say he was, that was his home, the bank that he helped. So all the legislation he did was geared towards them because they were big donors for him. So he was not going to look uh, to help the people. So those bankruptcy laws still exist, okay? So you can't do individual bankruptcy and wipe away your credit card debt and wipe away your debt. Like, you can't do that anymore. There's only certain circumstances you have to I be had a friend that destitute. He talked to me about it, and I said, don't even bother. You're still going to owe the money. Yeah, there's no... It's for corporations can do bankruptcy. I told him, you're, you're, there's only one way out, two ways out for you. A lot of a death. Well, <laughs> you're funny. Tony, you're so comforting. They must love going to you for advice. So, anyway, so his, his fingerprints are on this. So... You can't do that anymore. You used to be able to. Now they're not going to like, you're not going to walk in and say, I didn't pay my Macy's card. Can I go bankruptcy? You don't really want to do that because then you can't get credit for years and all this other stuff. But, you know, if you lose your job and you have debt or maybe you had uh, medical, you know, debt because you had a, an illness, like you could go for in front of a bankruptcy judge and say, I'm making my case. This is why you put paperwork together, whatever. You Well, you can't do that anymore. That doesn't exist. So now, in contrast to that Joe Biden uh, had hand in, in 2017, Trump and the congressional Republicans passed a series of tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations with a nonpartisan tax policy center showing that the bill actually slightly raised taxes on the lowest income brackets. Further data showed the corporation mostly used the tax cuts for stock buybacks for investors rather than to hire or increase wages. So they asked the people that they were speaking to for this study, um, for each candidate, how concerned are you unconcerned when you read this? Okay, so I'm not gonna go into what the results were, but as you can see, those are two examples, right, of screwing the American people, especially people that don't have much. So they cancel each other out because they both suck. And there's more examples of, of uh, taxes in the economy for both of them. Um, here's uh, Iraq and foreign, foreign policy. Here's another one. In 2002, Joe Biden voted for the authorization for the use of force in Iraq, lending support to the war not, not widely believed to be a costly mistake. The war led to the rise of ISIS, but Joe Biden has stu stood by his vote. Now, I have to add to this is not only did Joe Biden vote for the Iraq war, but he was privy to a lot of um, sensitive and classified information because he was the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. So he probably knew more than most senators did of, of highly classified information. And please don't tell me that only Valerie Plame's husband, Joe Wilson, if you remember, uh, there's a movie, um, what is the name of the movie? Fair, Fair Game. Game with Sean Penn. Right, really good movie. And, and uh, Naomi, Naomi Watts. Watts. So the husband thought something was fishy. You don't think Joe Biden might have thought something was fishy, but he went right on the train with everybody else, didn't question anything, even if he did maybe think it wasn't right, and he never apologized for the vote. Okay, so now we have, in contrast, Trump. In 2017, the Trump administration announced the United States would withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal, leaving our European allies to manage and enforce granting Iran uh, significant leeway to alter its defense arrangements. Trump has removed the United States' place at the table 
of one of the most important security negotiations in 21st century. So again, they ask the people that they are speaking to how they feel, how are they concerned about this, what's their reaction. So again, you take these two situations and they cancel each other out, right? Canceled out. Oh, and then you can go through crime and law enforcement. A lot of people forget this about Trump. In 1989, Donald Trump took out, we remember this because we live here, full-page advertisement in the New York Daily News calling for the death penalty for the so-called Central Park Five juveniles who were wrongly convicted of rape and murder of a jogger in Central Park. This is a big story. I told you I knew who that girl was. Yes. He helped to contribute a national uproar. He turned everybody into a fur like a, a, a fury over this around the incarceration of juveniles. They were later found to be innocent, and he has stood by his support for the death penalty of them, even though they were found to be innocent. So again, they're going to ask, you know, how do you feel about this statement? Now, this is Joe Biden. In the 1990s, Joe Biden made a career out of helping build the prison industrial complex in the United States through his work with the so-called crime bill, um, and I believe that was 1994 under Bill Clinton's uh, Rain. Um, Biden's efforts to increase minimum sentencing requirements and punish youth like adults, so kids had to go to jail as long as adults, and expand the war on drugs put thousands of Americans behind bars for minor offenses. If he seeks the nomination 2020, he will not be able to credibly commit to major reforms in our system of government. So there are so many instances where you could take each one of these candidates and put an equal negative, right? You can, you can hand an equal negative to the voters. So there's a, you know, they, they talk to people, they talk to people, and they talk to people. So they were very worried about putting Biden up as a candidate because he has all, these, all this history. And that is what Trump was pointing to he was pointing to you've been in office for 47 years and you have a lot of blood on your hands all right i could go down the line again not a trump supporter i'm just giving you facts and the reason why if you're going to run against a reprehensible liar who is a piece of garbage who doesn't care about the american people right he's a carnival barker racist uh bloated lazy person who is not on your side, who is on the side of the donors also, why would you put someone who has all of this negative voting record behind them to go against this person that you want to get rid of so badly? It doesn't make any sense, right? Where you have 300 million people to pick from. Again, we have two flavors when it comes to choosing president. Ice cream, we got 31. Um, so no, not only did uh, Biden vote for the bankruptcy protections to be rolled back because he was in bed with the credit card companies, he also got rid of a law called Glass-Steagall. He voted to get rid of it, um, and that was during the Clinton years, which um, made it uh, possible for us to have the crash that we had in 2008. We used to have very strict laws that separated all the different financial institutions, and now they just swim in... Um, the swamp together. And that's why we had derivative, derivative trading. That's why we had those, um, uh, the mortgages that were sold to people. And that's why it continues to happen because Glass-Steagall was repealed. He never talks about putting Glass-Steagall back ever. Um, he voted for the Iraq war I talked about, credit card companies I talked about. Um, 1996, he voted for the Discriminatory Defense of Marriage Act as a senior senator on the Judiciary Committee. Um, I lost, oh, there we go. He authorized a number of harsh anti-drug laws. And remember, he also was on the committee that oversaw the confirmation of Clarence Thomas, a very Republican right-wing um, Supreme Court justice who was accused by Anita Hill, who was a colleague of his, of sexual harassment. Now, there were three women that were not permitted to testify, and that is because Joe Biden received pressure from his friends in the Republican side that he seems to like so much, uh, and he would not allow those women to testify 
in her defense. And there were Democratic women that were very upset about this. They actually protested it. Uh, and he also allowed Clarence Thomas, I remember watching the hearings, all of it, he let Thomas testify before Hill, Hill testified, and then Thomas was allowed to come back and testify again. So Hill felt very betrayed by this. So this is just a little smathering of the, uh, some of the highlights. And, you know, he voted for the Patriot Act. Um, you know, there's just a lot here. So then the, Trump was saying stuff about, oh, you're losing the left, you're losing the left. Joe Biden lost the left already unless they're not informed, okay? Because none of this should make anybody happy. And then, of course, what did they give us as far as health care? Because there was a whole debate between Biden and Trump about health care. And I don't know why Trump, see, Trump really couldn't say this, but Bernie could have, and I don't think he ever did. But Obamacare is a Heritage Foundation idea, which is a right-wing uh, group, and I call it Gestapo care. And <laughs> Mitt Romney introduced into Massachusetts. So we got Romney care from Obama who ran against Romney. I mean, it's, it's the corporations are making tons of money from it. And the deductibles are so high, you can't use the insurance. So it's not worth the paper it's I written on. I tell everybody, no matter how much they do this square dance about you, we will never get universal health care here. Because I'm in the because money. too many billionaires are invested in these damn pharmaceuticals and medical this and medical that. And it's going to leave a hole in their portfolio. In their portfolio that's going to drive them nuts. No, that's true. That There's too much power. Billions. The people that are in control are not those two people that we saw on the stage. So all we can hope for is a quick painless death. Tony, so negative. Come on, we've been refreshing ourselves. So that is the reason why. But if you're looking for who's got something to sell you, something to give you to get you to vote for them, I didn't hear anything. Nothing. And I haven't heard anything before the debates. Like, what's the reason? Come get my vote. Earn my vote. Okay. Just saying I'm not Trump's not enough. Right. And the problem is, is that Trump has so much ammunition against Biden that even when Biden goes after him about stuff Trump did, Trump can go back at him and say, as I just showed you in that, that, uh, research that they did, Trump can come back at him you with know something what? else. Platform, at least in uh, what was it, Full Metal Jacket? What do I get for ten dollars? Anything you want, Miss Ohio. Oh, you're so funny. Um, at least she told them what you they were gonna right, get. Right, at least she gave him something, right? Um, anything you want. So imagine if they said that. Guess who's got COVID, dear? Who has COVID? It just came up on the feed. Who? Take a guess. Trump. We should only hope. Ivanka. Somebody close to them. Jared. No. All right. Who has it, hon? Hope Hicks. Oh, well, she doesn't work with them anymore. <laughs> oh, she probably went to too many rallies, hanging out with all the uh, the Trumpers. Who is she married to? Isn't she married I to some, no some, some right-wing douche? Some schlub. Yeah, somebody. So anyway, so that's the reason why Joe Biden was not a good pick because he doesn't have a good history. He's not your uncle who's a nice guy who just, you know, says crazy things once in a while. He's not a nice guy. They just rebranded him. They really, and you know what? In his height, like when he debated uh, Sarah Palin, I think that that was the top of his game. He was really good. He was just strong enough, but not too strong. He wasn't mean to her, you know. He No, he was very good. He danced that dance really well. And his folksy way was perfect parallel to her little folksy Honey, way. She was an idiot. That's why he looked so good. Well, I understand that, but he just came off well, okay? But now that's another Joe Biden, and he was still the same Joe Biden because all of the things I just told you are true. And you might be listening saying, Doreen, you're a traitor. No, I'm a realist. Because if you watch that debate and didn't, I'm a traitor. <laughs> and didn't realize that we need three or four parties, we have 300 million people, we need more choices. Because if you put two other candidates next to those two, people would be like, are you kidding me? And no one would vote for them. Nobody would. Because you'd have other choices. It's insane. We are in a country where it's about competition and having choice and freedom. It's not freedom forcing people to vote for who's the better of the two evils. There is no better. 
Nothing will change. I'm going to tell you this right now. Joe Biden becomes you know president. You know Your what, life's not going to get better. You know what these political things are? They, 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 it's like these Batman producers when they say, well, which villain are we going to put in this one? Is it going to be the Joker? Is it going to be the Riddler? Is it going to be Catwoman? <laughs> You're they funny. have the same. Who's going to play the Joker this time? It doesn't matter. They both work it's, for the donors. I know, but that's exactly what And it they're is. the same donors. So nothing is going to change. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Kamala Harris, it's too long, I think. I don't know how long are we into the show, about halfway. I mean, we've already had three Jokers and one Riddler. <laughs> Kamala Harris has a terrible record in criminal justice. I mean, it is awful. It's on our Twitter feed. Um, you know, I can't even... I don't even know if I have time to read it all, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, she's not... Okay, so this one is... The, the title of this is Kamala Harris is not a progressive prosecutor. I have to tell you, this is a little personal because I've just seen this, high, this uh, headline. Um, the thing that makes me very unhappy is thinking of her being president if something happens to Joe Biden, which I don't wish that on him. But, you know, if he becomes president and if he can't serve his term or whatever, then we have President Harris. Now, Harris has no core at all. Her history of being a prosecutor is far from being progressive, far from it, uh, awful, um, criminal justice in a very negative way. And the other thing I hate is, you know, we've been talking about our show. We've had our show since... I don't even know how long we've been doing this. Eight years now? I don't know. So I feel like our name, Progressive, was hijacked because people even like Nancy Pelosi, God help me, they call themselves Progressive. They're not Progressive. They're corporate Democrats. They're almost Repo Republican, but they believe in the right to, uh, to choose and they believe in gay marriage. That's it. There's no other differences. You know, They really don't fight for workers' rights and the environment, none of that. You know, they gave us corporate health care, nothing. So they really hijacked the word progressive from people like us. We almost are named the progressive union. We've discussed, like, are we still going to say that's who we are? Are we still Democrats? We need somewhere to go. We need a home. We need a party. I know there's something called the People's Party that had a convention, and they're working on being like a major party. But we need a place to go because we do not fit in to either one of, either one of these you know, tents that we saw on Tuesday night, that's not for us. So that's really a big question that you should all be a asking yourselves. So um, I'm going to stop the discussion about um, the debate because Get that's away, enough. And I think Ricochet is going to knock something over. Again. He's going to knock Ricochet. Because he, he didn't wants get something. to one half a show without he misbehaving. He wants something. That's why he's doing that. He wants our attention. But on our Twitter feed, Kamala Harris was not a progressive prosecutor. And I'll actually share it on Facebook page, too. Um, so you should really know what you're getting. And you say to yourself, oh, my God, I don't want to vote for Trump either. No, neither do we. We're voting green. All right. You don't have to tell people who you're voting for, but we're voting green. We live in New York. We're voting green. And I don't want to hear, oh, my God, you're making Trump president. It's your fault. No, it's not. It's a Democratic Party's fault. And if we continue to contribute to these candidates, who the hell is going to run next time? OK, they need to see that a lot of their people went away. Right, that they walked away from the party. They they look to see how many people voted for other parties, and maybe they'll change their tune, and maybe they won't. But maybe that makes the Green Party stronger if more people turn around and vote for the Green Party. So I am going to turn it over to Tony and make sure Ricochet doesn't knock anything over. He's going to be the first cat to get his nose caught. In no, Tony. <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> All right, Tony. Hand take, it over. Take it away. I got to talk about the brain room. The brain room? You know what the brain room is? This is a play on words. That certainly wasn't what we were watching. The First, Disney has laid off in excess of 20,000 workers. Wow. This is a company that's rolling through Hollywood like a black hole swallowing everything up. They are, including Broadway. Broadway. You won't be able to see a booby or hear the four-letter word on the screen with these guys. These are very important things in Tony's life. Back to the days of Joe Esterhassen and Basic Instinct of the 90s. Oh, we need those kind of movies back. All right, let me take care of Ricochet. <laughs> okay, now the brain room has suffered layoffs. This is from da da Diana Falzone of Daily Beast. 
Because she was a member of the Brain Room. That sounds like, remember the Brain Bug from Starship Troopers? The Brain Room was where Fox employees checked fact checks. Oh, I've seen that. That's why I said it's a play on words. Uh, one quarter of the 30 employees have been cut loose by Fox News. Now, and in order to get their severance pay, they had to sign draconian NDA agreements. Or they were going to wind up living in a box. <laughs> now, Porter Berry, who is crybaby Sean Hannity's producer and Fox editor-in-chief, came up with this idea as did uh, his lackey, Stephanie Wheeler Choi. And she used to work for, guess who? I don't know. Former communications director for Marsha Blackburn, the Eva Braun of Tennessee. Ugh. God, I hate her. I hate that day. Yep. Can't stand her. She's a horror. That's a woman that doesn't need to dress up for Halloween. She's already a horror. She doesn't even need a cape. She's got a built-in broom that slides out of her <laughs> beep. You like that, huh? Like now I got to go fish out my other stories here, and I got quite a few Lulus here. So bear with me, people. It says here that Mel Gibson is planning another Passion of the Christ. It's going to be part two, and it's going to be called The Resurrection. Okay. Gibson is looking at having himself a bit of a career resurgence, after Scandal took him out of the limelight several years ago, and it is one of the most notable projects that we'd be helping him bring him back. It was recently revealed that Passion of the Christ 2, this is pretty bad when they put making sequels to this kind of stuff. Yeah, who wants to watch that? Is being worked on. Now Gibson has himself confirmed the news and revealed that the sequel to the 2004 faith-paced R-rated blockbuster will be titled The Resurrection. Personally, I've seen Apocalypto, I've seen Braveheart, and I've seen the other one he did, uh, this one, the first one. Personally, I think Apocalypto is better than Passion of the Christ. I never saw it. It wasn't as upsetting. Well, I Passion never of the Christ either. was very upsetting. People were sobbing in the theater when I, I saw it. I don't think anybody's going to go see this, but whatever. They I seem mean, to always I would. I around. would probably go see it, but I would. But this is from CNN. Robot dogs join the U.S. Air Force exercise, giving a glimpse at the potential battlefield of the future. Boy, they're going to be saving money on bones. It looked like a scene from science fiction. Emerging from a United States Air Force plane, four-legged robot dogs scampered onto the airfoil Air, excuse me, in the airfield in the Mojave Desert, offering a possible preview into the future of warfare. But the exercise conducted last week, one of the U.S. military's largest ever high-tech experiments, wasn't a movie set. Flying into possibly hostile airstrip aboard a Air Force C-130, the robot dogs were sent outside the aircraft to scout for threats before the humans inside would be exposed to them, according to an Air Force news release yeah, what happens September to the other 3rd. Dogs, the live dogs that had jobs. They're out of work, too. That's bad, because a lot of those dogs were rescued and trained. The ele electronic canines are just one link in what the U.S. military calls the Advanced Battle Management System. I don't like this. It uses artificial intelligence and rapid data analytics to detect and counter threats to U.S. military assets in space and possible attacks on the U.S. homeland with missiles or other means. Now, William Roper, Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition, Technology, and Logistics, said, On a future battlefield, soldiers will face a dizzying array of information to assess what they will need to rely on data synthesis done in nanoseconds to fight effectively. Mm-hmm. Air Force Base in Nevada was uh, Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada was one of those, and that's where the robot dogs came into the mix. The dogs will give us visuals of the area, all while keeping our defenders closer to the aircraft. Sergeant Master Lee Boston, a member of the Devil Raiders, the nickname of the UN Air Force's 621st Contingency Response Group, said in the Air Force release. These things are creepy. Look at them. Yeah, but it's not good because, like I said, now the animals don't have jobs, right? 
A lot of those animals are trained. They have a home. You know what I'm saying? And they do a job. Now you're going to have a robot? A robot. They want robots to do everything. This comes from Truthout, and this is a very, very detailed story. I'm only going to read a little. I'm going to post it on our page. So if you are interested, you ha- it is very, whoops, it is a very grim story. It's, call- it's called Fracking Company Has Made It Rain Toxic Water Upon New Mexico Without Penalty. And this was one of the states I wanted to retire to, right. thinking about it. Penny Acoin, her husband Carl D. George, their son Gideon, and their daughter Skylar have, be, have had their lives devastated by the fracking industry. There was no oil and gas infrastructure where they lived when they moved to Carlsbad, New Mexico. But six years ago, during a massive expansion of drilling across the Perme- Permian Basin that spans from West Texas and southeastern New Mexico, one of the most prolific oil and gas basins in the United States, the drilling began. It was so loud they had to provide hearing protection for Skylar. Then when the flaring commenced, dead birds began literally falling out of the sky right next to their home, and one of their chickens died. Shortly after that, Penny began feeling the health impacts. Blisters appeared on her face, as more drilling pads were installed, some of them literally right across the street from their home. Their bedroom walls shook as the drilling pads were constructed nearby, installing both a physical and psychological invasion on the family home. Skylar started having nosebleeds, respiratory issues beset them all, and Penny had ongoing headaches. Carl discovered a nodule on his tongue. Then, when a pipeline near their home burst this January, they, along with their home and their animals, were showered with toxic chemicals. When they walked outside to investigate the bang they heard, which was following by gushing fluids, they believed it was raining, but what they thought was rain, in fact, was produced water, the byproduct of fracking. According to the American Geosciences Institute, This toxic byproduct is full of corrosive salts, oil residues, fracking chemicals, bacteria, and dissolved organic compounds. These proprietary chemicals blends created by industry and protected under trade secret law are highly carcinogenic. Since then, the the family's days are filled with doctor's appointments, and Carl, a veteran... Regularly visits the VA in Albuquerque, hoping the nodule on his tongue doesn't turn into cancer. Any dream of their life returning to what it was before the oil and gas invasion is long gone, and now it's just a matter of survival. The rest of this story you're going to have to read on our page. We got it. Because it is so grim. But do you see, like, this is due to legislation, like, all these things that are happening in supposed blue states even, is due to legislation, much of it by Democrats, people that said that they care about the environment, right? So who suffers? The people suffer. No one's offered a relief to those people. No one's offering to change what we do, polluting the air. No one's offering any of that, the water, the air, the environment. No one. We didn't hear anything on that stage about rolling back and saving the planet and saving the people support and he's a and he's a veteran yeah on top of everything else okay now i'm gonna uh um this is this is my final story how sci-fi movies that accurately predicted the future okay well society's obsession with reality tv okay that was shown in the truman show oh 20 years ago jim carrey that's true Jim Carrey stars as Truman Burbank, a man who learns that his seemingly ordinary lifestyle has actually been the subject of a reality show. I remember he doesn't even know about it. Yeah, he he doesn't. It's a strange movie. Well, now it doesn't seem as strange. Number two, online identity theft. What do you think brought that to the public? I don't know. The Net, 1995, Sandra Bullock. 
Back in 1995, the internet was still working its kinks out. It was slow, clunky, and seemingly without any ulterior motives. But in the net, Sandra Bullock stars as Angela Bennett, a woman who lives out most of her her interpersonal relationships online until gasp, a mysterious criminal hijacks her personal identity through a computer. Right. You know, I've never seen that picture. Yeah, it's a good movie. I've never but seen it. But now it's like that happens to people all the time. Personalized targeted advertising. What movie? Mm, I don't know. AI? The Minority Report uh, with Tom AI. Cruise. How crazy, right? Steven Spielberg's 2002 movie Remarried already Report, Tom Cruise's character walks through a mall filled with ads that mention him by name. They pick up on the fact that he's an American Express car holder just by scanning his eyes. Ugh. Could you imagine? I would faint if somebody Yeah, well, that. that's what they want to do with the vaccine. But anyway, that's for another I show. I would faint. Yeah. Military drones. Okay. 1984's The Terminator. I don't remember the drones, but I'm sure they're... He's a drone, hon. Oh, he is a drone. James Cameron's The Terminator has solidified itself as an essential sci-fi staple. Arnold Schwarzenegger plays the titular character, a uh, cyborg assassin who travels from 2029 back to 1984 Los Angeles on a killing spree of all women named Sato Connor. He is followed by human resistance fighter Kyle Reese, who explains to his surviving Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton, that her son will save the world from a nuclear holocaust caused by self-aware computers. Early robot prototypes. This is one of the movies you're fixated with. I'm fixated with? Yes. Okay. You made me go see it. Metropolis. You got it. This black and white silent film was shockingly ahead of its time. A pioneer for science fiction cinema, Metropolis was one of the first movies to ever depict a robot on screen. There's a lot of the things about that movie that are disturbing that are sort of happening now, too. So you should go and watch it. Please, hang, please stand with me here. Please stand by. Virtual reality gaming. This is another movie I never saw. What's the name of the movie? Hackers, 1995. I've never seen this. No, I never saw it. Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie follow a group of high school hackers involved in a corporate extortion conspiracy, a concept that was confounding and excitement, exciting to internet users in 1995. That's another one I never saw. The influence on cell phone design. Star Trek. Star Trek, the motion picture was set in 2270, where intergalactic travel is integral to keeping Earth safe from alien life forms. While the 21st century can't really relate, we did gain one monumental piece of technology featured in this sci-fi fic, cell phones. Get out of here. Okay, so they weren't called cell phones in Star Trek, but these portable communication devices inspired engineer Martin Cooper to develop a handheld mobile phone for Motorola. Oh, because they had those little things that they used to talk into. Okay. All right, now I remember. Digital billboards and video calls. What movie? Digital billboards? I don't know. Blade Runner, 1982. Uh, okay. Blade Runner, as indicated by its opening title card, takes place in 2019 L.A. While we didn't get any bioengineered humanoids in this future age we're living in, we did see some of the technological advancements featured in the 1982 film. The movie's fictionalized version of L.A. we encounter, excuse me, hold on, I'm losing it here. We encounter digitalized billboard, digitized, I'm sorry, digitized billboards on the sides of skyscrapers. We can confirm the digital billboards are definitely a thing now in major cities. Oh, yeah, we have tons. Self-driving cars, what movie? The Flintstones. I don't know. No. Uh, the, um, not the Flintstones, the other ones. The Jetsons. No. Total Recall, 1990. <laughs> this science fiction action film stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as a construction worker who finds himself involved in espionage on Mars, or so he thinks. The vivid experiences could also be a result of a memory implant, but he's not really sure. Total Recall also features self-driving cars in our modern world. Prototypes of self-driving cars are being developed as we speak. And that's probably the best Sharon Stone ever looked in a movie. It's Total Recall. Okay. That's why when they cast her in the other one, I said, oh, I remember her. Mm -hmm. I saw the face. 
But it was a good part. Yeah. She actually looked better in that one than hey, she listen, did in the other one. gave her another job. She so. looked better fighting with Schwarzenegger I than like she Sharon did fighting Stone. with... Uh, She's one of my favorites. I love her in um, Casino. That's such a great part. She's so good. So great. She shouldn't want Oscar for that. She got robbed. Sharon, you got robbed. She got jobbed and robbed. She's very good. I like her. Um, yeah, she declared recently that Robert De Niro was the best kisser she ever kissed famous people. I saw an article where she said that. Not that it's important. <laughs> but I just... Well, when she did Sliver, she wanted Tom Berenger to play the lead. Uh-huh. She, she wanted really to get rid of... She hated William Baldwin. She, she goes, why can't Tom Berenger be my leading guy? I think she, she said she's like a big... She was like, you know, idolized Robert De Niro. So, and, and she held her own. And every scene that she was with him. So. Well, she was. She had gone. She was. It was either going to be her or Melanie Griffith. So they picked oh, her. Thank God they picked her. So wait, is that it? That's it. I'm depressed enough. You're depressed enough. Well, that was fun. We try to always end on a fun note. So I don't know, folks. We keep carrying on. There's so many things going on right now. I mean, we just read that. You know, and. An, it looks like half the small businesses in New York City are going to be closed. Restaurants. Restaurants. Uh, the restaurant Within business. six months, 50% of them. It's a be. really tough business to be in. I was in this business, and even when things are going great, you're always operating at some kind of loss. or you know, It's very difficult. There's only a few that really make a lot of money. So it's really tough. Uh, it's awful what's going on with this pandemic. I remember those two little restaurants that, what was the, one was the, that specialized in peanut butter and jelly. I don't remember. another one that specialized in macaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're still hanging in. I don't know. I mean, it's it's really hard. I mean, I think even the salons, the beauty salons are having a hard time. I mean, it depends on who you talk to, what people's habits are. You know, are people just like, I don't care. I'll go out to eat. Now we're open inside 25% capacity, which is nothing. So if you have a restaurant that seats 100 people, you can only seat 25, which is really zero. I mean, it's really nothing. What are you going to have? One waiter, maybe two, and a bus, a bus point, a waiter, and a hostess. All your other employees, they have no work. You know, what then- I say to everybody is, if you live in a certain neighborhood, just frequent your local establishments. Help them out. Yeah. That's what community means. That's right. Sit out. We can still sit outside. It's really nice out still. Sit outside. Grab a sweater. Go sit outside. Get some fresh air. Get something to eat. Have get a slice of pizza. You know, get a to-go order. Try to support them because they're really suffering. And it's really unfair how all this was handled. But that's for another show. We've talked about that a lot. So, okay. We will be with you next time. And I'll be voting green then too. <laughs> See ya.